Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So, so good to be with you as always, but at this time of the year, my favorite. I am your host, Brian Pointer. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. Here we are, the first week of October. Yay! Drum roll, please. I love this time of the year. No better time. We got hunting seasons in full force. We've got chit chat amongst hunting buddies getting all excited archery season in play did a little dove hunting towards the end of september which was always a great thing just being out and no better time to do it today we have a fantastic show i know indiana is a destination around the midwest not uniquely because there's beautiful places all over the country but we have some pretty magnificent places like brown county state park named one of the top parks in the country for the fall weather we're going to find out where else you can go and what you should do jay anglin our correspondent from the north guiding you ever thought about going with a guide well we're going to actually be serious with jay this time and find out what that's all about and then we're going to visit with the r3 team brandon Castellano. Fall turkey hunting is one of those things that people kind of forget about. We got fall hunting with archery going on. So we got a full show. So good to have you be a part of it. You're not going to want to go anywhere. Angie Manuel is on on the line. And when we come back, we're going to get this thing started. It's the Indiana Outdoor Show. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show, and I am your host. So grateful to have you be a part of Indiana Outdoors each and every week. Brought to you by our good friends at Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives.org. We couldn't do it without them. And of course, they make this show possible to give you great guests. Like I mentioned at the top of the hour, Angie Manuel is a regular here on Indiana Outdoors, and we are in October, and you know what that means, Angie. A lot of folks love their fall sweater weather, as we say, here in Indiana, but they love their fall colors, and Indiana is a destination uh, around the Midwest, and I wanted you to kind of highlight and talk about all the beautiful places that people can go. But first and foremost, thank you for being a part of Indiana Outdoor Show today. 
Very good. Well, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. So, Indiana, you know, we are, I've grown up my entire life, lived here. I love the outdoors. I love fall. It's my favorite time of the year. And one of the reasons I enjoy fall so much is it's just beautiful. I mean, if you ever want to deny that there's a God, just show up in Indiana in the fall and take a drive because it's absolutely a palette of colors and it's just a fascinating experience to watch the leaves change and heck even a couple weeks ago i noticed it's almost like overnight you had half a tree that was red and now we're almost in the full swing we got a lot of folks in the woods because opening of archery season started october 1st but this is just a great time to get out and about so i turn to you to suggest where and how should people observe all this great beauty and god's handiwork in the fall in indiana yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, the fall is unlike uh, some of our other seasons. Um, the yeah, the it's not one hundred and ten. Very rich. They're they're just rich in deep colors versus the spring when things are vibrant and light. Uh, the fall is just just the colors are saturated uh, because they've had the entire season to. To, to soak up the nutrients and the sugars, and now they're ready to um, get ready for winter. So the trees are going into hibernation, and they put on one last two raw for us in the terms of uh, um, a nice color palette. Well, we've talked about this for 25 years of doing Indiana Outdoors, and I'm, I'm stunned at how perfect Mother Nature is. I say that regularly, but... We all have these misconceptions or perceptions about what makes this year a better color year than the years before or vice versa and when they lose their leaves and all that other stuff. And we all think that it has to do with whatever we might think, but I'm not making you a tree biologist, but why is it so special at this time of the year in Indiana? Yeah, Um, it just, uh, you're right. Mother Nature does it flawlessly. She reacts to... Uh, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever the weather and the sunlight, uh, you know, hands her and, and the, the trees and plants respond to that. They, they understand how to do it every single year in order to, uh, like I said, sort of go to sleep for the winter and be ready to come back in the spring. So thank God uh, there's at least some order still left in the world and mother nature's in <laughs> charge of it. Right. Cause it seems like the whole world's gone mad, but you can, absolutely you can rely on the fact that we're going to have some beautiful colors. So you bet. let's you bet. talk Somewhere, about what are your yeah, advice? Some, if somebody says, man, I want to go out this year and we're just going to drive around and look at all these different beautiful creations. Where do you recommend? Yeah. You know, you, you don't have to, travel to a whole lot of distances, uh, you know, to see um, the the colors change. So um, anywhere there's a tree, you can watch it happen. But uh, most people are interested in going to places where there's thousands of trees or hundreds of thousands of trees, because, of course, it makes it all that more, you know, awe-inspiring. So, uh, so people do tend to visit natural areas, whether it's, um, you know, a nearby nature park or a state park or a state forest, anywhere there is a, you know, a, a beautiful woodlands or a, a set aside several hundred acres or thousands of acres. So those are those tend to be places like, um, uh, of, of course, the most famous one, the most visited one in the fall would be Brown County dun, State dun, Park. Dun, drum roll, yes, please. Yes. Uh, Google Indiana fall foliage and you've got 
nine million uh, responses, Brown County State Park. Uh, and, and not to say that isn't a very worthwhile trip, but you and about 100,000 of your closest car driving friends will also be at Brown County State Park in October. So just be prepared for the, uh, the vehicle traffic. Um, but it is a spectacular view because of the vistas. I was going to say, um, you cannot beat. They're called the Little Smokies for a reason. You uh, can't because of beat that overlooks where you just have that panoramic view uh-huh. up high. And yeah. they even have the Seven Vistas Challenge down at all year yeah. long, you know, where just to drive up. And I've spent time in there where I just have an hour and I'll go and I'll sit at a park bench and make some calls and just enjoy. But yeah. It's worthy destination. It absolutely lives up to everything of its billing. But because because of that, <laughs> you're gonna have to share the roads. You certainly <laughs> are. You certainly are. So, so luckily, Indiana has a, a rich woodland ecosystem for you to go um, see Mother Nature's colors in other areas of the state. Um, and it does depend. Indiana is a Uh, a longer, slender state, so things that happened at the north end will be at a different timing than things that happened in the central and southern end. So um, there are some really great online tools that sort of help you predict uh, when the best visiting times are. Um, uh, It it is all depending on uh, the weather, what the weather has been like leading up to October. It's not just the the past few weeks or something like that. It's really, how has the whole summer been? So in areas of our state where water has been and rain has been at a deficit, those areas will probably see a a somewhat lackluster uh, fall foliage change simply because uh, the trees are a little on the dry side. So their leaves will fall a little quicker. And so their colors will change. But if uh, any weather event comes through, boom, all the leaves have dropped to the ground and, and that sort of diminishes the, the effect of it. Whereas other parts of the states where rain has been a little bit more uh, abundant, those leaves will stay on the trees for you know weeks at a time and you'll get quite a viewing. And again, those rich, deep, vibrant colors will show through when it comes to how much rain we've had and uh, the temperatures leading up to it, the cooler nights, the warmer days, oh, fall foliage loves that combination. So you mentioned online tools. Mm-hmm. Where are those? Um, there are many, but there's a good one uh, that is, I think it's, I think it's smokymountains.com. Um, they have a, an entire United States map that you can zone in on your state. And it will show you the colors progressing through early September all the way through uh, middle November. You can track it week by week by week by week. Um, it's a little bit of a predictor. So if you were to just Google, you know, predict yep. fall foliage, um, I believe that's the top website that comes up. I've clicked on it many times. And what it is showing is that Indiana will be a little delayed this year in fall foliage because we haven't received really amazing waterfalls or uh, rainfalls in the state. So normally you would say the north half of the state is the first couple weeks of October. The south half of the state is usually the last couple weeks of October. Um, But they're actually showing the north end of the state 
um, closer to the middle of October. Mm. So we'll be just slightly delayed in our full foliage change. Well, they've always said delayed gratification is better, right? I know, I know. So when you're not talking to Pointer on Indiana Outdoors here about fall colors, which seems like, well, that's... We all take that for granted. Every year's a little different, but there are other places besides Brown County and Southern Indiana, although gorgeous, for people to really adventure around the state of Indiana. Of course, festival season is upon us. Nothing better than a fall festival. And along the way, get off the beaten path and just drive around to some of these small towns and communities. And I bet you're going to find your fill of whatever fall color you want. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm i a big fan of... Um uh, obviously, I enjoy and uh, appreciate nature working for the Department of Natural Resources. Um, but I, I'm a big fan of, since my early days, just a, a total package. Um, I love looking at a tree, uh, but I really love looking at trees next to a body of water. There's something about the complementary colors, the reds and the oranges and yellows in the trees, and the beautiful blue-green color of the water. Um, to me, that makes an even more striking uh, visual appeal. So I tend to be drawn towards some of our water properties that have also gorgeous woodlands. So places like Indiana Dunes State Park and Potato Creek State Park up north, mm-hmm. where you get to see a gorgeous woodland edge next to a beautiful body of water. Well, it won't be too long before you can actually get a room at Potato Creek, which is exciting news. So, Angie, you are in charge of the state's interpretive naturalists and the interpretive manager for the state. So all those great men and women that help bring the stories in each one of our state parks and properties to life, and they do it so well. This has to be a particularly fun time for year because so many people, regardless if it's Brown County, you already mentioned a few others, all of these state parks and properties have great interpretive services to help bring and make memories come alive. I can't imagine that this isn't a giddy time of the year for all of your staff. It is. It's it's an exceptionally wonderful time. Um, we welcome school kids back. Uh, you know, they've just gotten back into school. They're coming out for field trips um, to learn about these natural places or cultural history that may be connected to these landscapes. Um, the campgrounds are solidly packed because um, in addition to people really loving the fall colors, they love to sit next to a campfire um, that has helped yep. keeping them warm in the evening. And then they go out during the day and enjoy the park and they come back and cook their supper and smell like wonderful smoke the rest of the weekend. It's um, That's what we really look forward to. And these fall events and um, Halloween things as we get closer to the end of October. So, oh my goodness, it is just a, yes, school kids and campers and day visitors, they just make this season a little different and special. Angie, if there was one thing that I haven't mentioned that you want other people to be aware of in your role uh, for the message to the folks visiting this fall or state parks and properties, what would that be? Um, is, is to get out and see, again, other parks that have something to offer. You know, um, if you know a little bit about our state parks or other natural areas that have um, unique woodlands, like, say, Turkey Run is unique for their diverse woodlands with hemlocks and um, places like Spring Mill that have the old growth forest, the Donaldson Woods, places that are known for their 
um, you know, fabulous woodlands, um, go to those because you can learn a little bit about history and enjoy the fall colors. So, like I said, I'm a big fan of giving, get, getting two for one, whether it's water and woods or whether it's history and uh, trees. Um, yes, Make it Brown a twofer. County is a special place. Make it a twofer. We have 36 other state parks to visit and numerous state forests. I love so, it. And you can just uh, make, as you said, and get out there. make it a twofer, you know, go out. And as you said, I love the combination of water and woodland. So mm-hmm. plenty of opportunities to do that. You guys have such an incredible website. How do people find out what's going on in each one of our state parks and properties before they plan their visit? Yeah, that's a great, that's a great question. Um, we do have a DNR calendar that you can visit, uh, but you can also pull up each individual property's web page and their events will be listed on their web page. So it makes it just a little bit easier to search if you know what property you want to go to. Well, Angie, I thank you on behalf of all the listeners of Indian Outdoors. It's our favorite time of the year. And so many great destination places just find maybe use this fall to say we're going to go somewhere different and explore along the way, get off the back roads, go around to these county towns maybe stop at a festival and take it all in i can't thank you enough for being a part of indiana outdoors and wish you and all of your interpretive staff the best in a very busy time in the state of indiana and we hope that this season is one of the longest for these great fall colors very good yeah thank you brian happy fall to everyone i know that it is i'm going to be i'm going to enjoy it i don't care about anybody else but i'm going to do it (laughs) angie always great to visit with you thank you Thank you. My pleasure. One of my favorite people. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. I am your host, Brian Pointer. We're brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives.org. Great way to kick off this first show in October. None other than the fall colors. We're going to be back right after this. Indiana Outdoor Show. I am your host, Brian Pointer. Many thanks to Indiana Donor Network, driven to savelives.org, where you can sign up to be that organ and tissue donor and save up to seven lives, heal dozens more. You can do that when you buy your hunting and fishing license, and we are knee-deep in the hunting season here. No better person to visit with after we just visited with Angie Manuel, head of interpretive services for the state of Indiana, talking about all the fall colors. Now we're going to talk about the meat and potatoes, pardon the pun, Jay Anglin, our correspondent from the north. Jay, it's good to have you a part of Indiana Outdoors. Glad I could get a few minutes. This is your busy time of the year. Not that you're not busy any other time, but guiding is a good time business to be in in the fall. Oh, yeah. This is definitely uh, one of the busier times of the year for um, pretty much any guide in the northern half of the country. And, you know, if you're a hunting guide, of course, everything's kicking in. But, um, you know, fishing... Late summer, early fall, I mean, it doesn't matter where you are. It's a big transition, so you have different species to key in on. But right now, it's sort of a mishmash. Um, you know, I've got <laughs> I've got a lot of rods ready and willing and able to go catch fish in, of, in every conceivable configuration. So uh, a lot of species are really snapping right now. It's a good time to be out there. Jay Anglin, Anglin Outdoors, look him up, follow him on social media, regular contributor here to Indiana Outdoors. And I did, in, in a serious note, 
you know, you offer a service that I hope people are aware exists, and that is I may not know what, I may not know how, but I want to have an outdoor experience, and you're a great teacher as a guide to take them. But what does that mean? What do you do when someone calls you and says, hey, I'd like to have a hunting or a fishing opportunity for you as a guide? How do you put something together, and what do people need to come prepared to ask you for to be able to make it a fruitful experience for both sides. Well, you know, veteran guides that have been around a long time, um, such as myself, have guided just about any, you know, anything really. Um, so some guys are specialists, but most veteran guides, um, you know, get around and um, hopefully mentor younger guides. And so, um, but at the end of the day, there's a lot of guys that sort of go through the motions you know they hit the clock they go do their thing they have one kind of one trick ponies with all due respect to them they still work hard but um you know guys like me kind of versatile guy broad range of experience you know personally as an outdoorsman and also as a guide and a mentor to my kids and countless other you know um newbies really you know people that have zero idea um you know, and what's really what's going on. So with my background in that and the fact that I do have a science background, a bio degree and everything, so I've always been real attentive to the science behind it and the natural aspects of an outing. So, you know, the bottom line is I, we, I say I, but we, many guides, spend an incredible amount of our time and effort in the field educating people, on all of it, you know, really, you know, why are the fish here? What are they doing here? Why are we not fishing for these fish? Is it because it's too cold or too warm? Um, what does that bird over there mean? When we're, you know, if you're out in open water, if there's birds on the water, there's probably some bait. And so, you know, all these little things come into play and people are just set, have to kind of absorb all that. But really the fishing technique itself, um, you know, early on, you're almost fishing for people in a lot of ways. I mean, you're coaching them through a drift you're teaching them how to cast. And so all that comes into play. It takes a tremendous amount of patience, of course, for a lot of guys. Um, you know, I think when people call me and they're almost like a little bit, you know, nervous, they're like, well, you know, I don't have any experience. Neither does my wife. You know, it's kind of music to my ears, frankly, because a lot of guys come with a lot of experience, but they have bad habits. And so it's a lot easier to really teach somebody the right way from the get-go than it is to reprogram somebody over the course of multiple trips. And frankly, a lot of times it never really works. Um, you know, you've got guys been guys, you know, doing something for decades, and they're just it's sort of uh, soaked in, and, and and that's their mo. So, you know, really, that's a very good you know, point. The, you know, and yeah, it is, it, and it happens a lot. And I was going to say, you also throw in a, the fact that we're like, you know, uh, amateur meteor, meteorologists, EMTs, uh, <laughs> mechanics. <laughs> you can do just a little about anything, you know, as it's required. So, anyway, that's so, the extent of it. I really appreciate that insight because we do yuck it up and have a good time here most of the time when we're talking, but this is the time of the year when people may not have put in the time. They may not have a place to go. They're willing to, they have a budget and they're willing to pay for a quality experience with a guide, but they don't really know what or how to go about doing that. So if I get a phone call and said, do you know anybody? And I say, sure, call Anglin and he'll take good care of you. And I know that to be the case. I want people to understand kind of what, to be expecting. So I know there's a broad range to this and I don't want to pigeonhole the question. What should someone expect to pay per day for a deer hunt, for a maybe a fall fishing trip? And I know things are different, but generally speaking, what is a good 
protocol and what do you encourage people to to uh, be prepared for financially um, if they have a great experience and they want to book a trip with you? Well, you know, I'll, I'll use my personal experience and some of my my um, my peers in this general region. Um, you know, most of your fishing trips that are inland trips, such as I, you know, I'm fishing on inland rivers and lakes. Um, you're looking at for your average full day trip, you're probably over 400 bucks somewhere, um, and that's for one or two anglers. Usually, in my case, I charge an extra 75 for a third, and there's many times when when a third angler is just not feasible because of the nature of the watercraft that I often use, including a small raft, you know, so there's that. Um, and, and in my case, I have a half day raid. I have a six hour express trip, which I love because I don't have to cook deal with food. You know, <laughs> they can bring a snack. And for me, we can focus on fishing. I have found that the six hour trip is my most popular. And I'll tell you why. A lot of people, when they think about going out, especially buddies or a corporate gig, um, the whole sitting down and eating for an hour, shoreside, you know, shoreside, you know, riverside lunch, that's really cool and it's a great thought and it's awesome. But at the end of the day, if people want to catch fish, um, normally when you do that, you stop, you kind of get off your game. And what I've seen countless times is people get kind of a food coma afterwards and they just don't really produce much in terms of presentation. And uh, I've seen guys fall asleep a million times in my drift boat, you know. <laughs> and it's not, not because of the company. It has nothing to do <laughs> right, with the company. Right, right, right. Um, but, but so I guess what I'm saying is, you know, regionally you'll have guys. And so like a six-hour trip for me, you know, you're between three and 350 and 400 bucks. And then the eight-hour full meal deal, you know, with, you know, eight-hour plus on the river, which is what a lot of guys restrict it to during prime time. Yeah. Um, you're looking at well over 400 bucks. Um, now, gear-wise, you know, most guides, and certainly uh, inland guides, and of course all the guys that are doing like the Great Lakes, the charter guys, you know, we provide the equipment. You're always welcome to bring your own, assuming it's not, you know, total junk and in working order, but a lot of guys will say, hey, this is my dad's rod, I'd really like to catch fish. I'm all about that. I don't care if it's a rod the dad bought at rummage sale. You know, so, so there's that. But really the investment for people, you know, to, to, to kind of wrap this up, the, the investment for people can be very minimal. It should just be the guide rate because pretty much we provide everything. And there's a lot of times you don't need waiters. In my case, this time of year, most guys are going to need waiters um, to get out of the boat, chase fish. You know, it just makes life a lot easier. And plus it rains a lot, you know, this time mm -hmm. of year typically. So there's that. So you have to have some good Gore-Tex gear, some breathable waders. So you've got an investment there. And, of course, that's an addiction for people. They walk into a shop. Oh, yeah. You've got a couple of great ones in Indianapolis. You walk in and you walk out, you know, $2,000, you know, less money in your pocket. You have an, you I have to, to put go. an asterisk here. You don't have to do that, but people like no. me, <laughs> I tend you, to do that. You hey. absolutely don't have to do it. But um, and there's And I could go into that for hours as far as, you know, investing in rods because you can go in – and buy a $250, $300 fly rod and be perfectly functional, at least for a few years. Or you can be talked into buying a $1,200 fly rod, which, of course, is what everybody wants to sell you. So there's a fine line there, too. And, and that's fine. But the bottom line is, is that really it's a great investment because yeah. you can spend days or weeks or months or years trying to figure it out yourself. And then you go out with a guide once or twice. Or if it's just easier for you to go out once or twice a year with a guide. Uh, you don't have to deal with all the other, you know, uh, extraneous stuff that we do for why you. So why don't we just say trust Pointer that Anglin's the right guy to go fishing or hunting with, and then you're all good. <laughs> As always, Jay, it's great go. to visit with you. Thanks for the tips on planning a fall. How do people get in touch with you, real quick? Uh, you can go to anglinoutdoors.com, A-N-G-L-I-N, outdoors.com. Uh, that's the easiest way. All my other contact info's on there. Got so, it. Um, yeah. Appreciate you as always, my friend. We'll be back in touch this fall, but enjoy the fall turn of the colors here. 
Hey, will do. Thanks for having me on. And folks, go out there and be safe. Enjoy. Thank you so much. One of my favorite people. Our correspondent from the North, Anglin, Jay Anglin, Anglin Outdoors. Remember to turn into poacher. That's what we always say. You're going to hear that in just a few minutes. But we're brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives.org. Don't go anywhere. We're going to be back right after this. So great to have you be a part of Indiana Outdoors. So great to have our guests and all the stations that carry Indiana Outdoors each and every week. I, your host, Brian Pointer, brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives.org. Hopefully you've signed up to be that organ and tissue donor when you buy the fall hunting and fishing licenses, which we are in full force and effect. Uh, first week of our archery season in the state of Indiana. Joining me is Brandon Castellano, it's great to have you here, and I don't think we've had an opportunity to visit, so tell us a little bit about yourself quickly, about what you're doing and what your responsibilities are and why we're talking. Hi. Um, so I'm the um, outdoor education coordinator for the state of Indiana over all our hunting, shooting, and trapping programs. What that is is basically any program that is that hunting, shooting, and trapping that is after our hunter's ed falls under my purview. Got it. Well, you've got a busy time of the year, but it's a beautiful time of the year. A lot of folks in field and forest, and as you are well aware, October, the start of October is the start of deer season in the state of Indiana, a very generous and liberal season that runs all the way through practically to the end of the year with all of the opportunities. But what's your message? What are you encouraging people to do and be aware of this fall or anything that you might want to talk about, not just deer hunting, but we also have a fall turkey season, which people forget about, I think, sometimes. Yeah, I mean, one of the big things that we're talking about this year is getting some more fall turkey hunters out there, especially in the archery segment, because fall turkey archery and deer archery coincide with each other for the entire month of October until 29th when fall turkey hunting leaves. And a lot of that equipment carries over, so you can shoot a turkey with your compound bow or a crossbow if you're hunting deer with the crossbow. So it's a really great thing that you can go out there add on and i know my property down south has a lot of turkey that i can grab it in our tree season so it's just a nice little add-on there it is an add-on and it's kind of an afterthought i know there's some that are with purpose but fall turkey hunting is so different it's almost like you're an opportunistic hunter because these birds have now all grouped up and oftentimes you're not seeing the single tom strutting around like you do in the fall. You hear oftentimes dozens of these birds that sound like cattle moving through the woods, but they group up. And it's absolutely one of my favorite things to see in the fall when you're not really expecting turkeys. But when they come through, boy, they make a noise there. They make a ruckus because there's a lot of them. Oh, absolutely. It's completely different. They're really targeting food that much more in the fall compared to the breeding in the spring. And as you said, really completely different hunt. So if you're looking for something different to expand upon as an experienced turkey hunter, it's another great way to get out there. 
We're visiting with uh, Brandon Castellano, and you talk about, you threw out R3, and Cindy Stites, a regular guest here, of course, you work on her team, and you guys do such great work, but what what is that, why are those initiatives so important, and that we're going to be hearing this R3 more and more, but with what you're doing and the rest of the R3 team, what's that all about? So R3 is really important because across the country, um, hunting and fishing, um, I cover hunting but and fishing too, um, numbers are declining. And we're not getting that return like we did in previous years. So it's really important for our model of conservation that we keep getting new hunters and keep the ones that we have. R3 stands for recruit, so bringing those new hunters in. Then we have retained, so we're keeping the ones that we do. And then we're getting reactivation, which is that bringing those guys that have kind of stopped, but bringing them back into the fold. So very important. And we hear this, and we've heard this for a number of years, that we had a real huge swell during COVID, and we kind of hope that that stuck. And I think there are a lot more hunters and outdoor enthusiasts as a result of that. But if it's not a concerted effort to reach out to those, especially to not just recruit new um, but and retain is a different word, but reactivate. I like that term because there's a lot of folks that may have bought a hunting license two or three years ago, but don't do it year after year. And I'm sure you kind of want to know why, because it's a great opportunity and most who try it really like it. And then they get addicted to it and it becomes a lifelong passion. And that just doesn't happen in, in every case. But you want to make sure that you recruit all you can. You retain those that are buying licenses and then reactivate those that are are out there and that's a difficult job oh absolutely it's a big ask but it's a really really important one especially for wildlife conservation as we know it in america so in the short time we have left here this morning we're talking about fall turkey we're talking about fall deer we're talking about the efforts of r3 what else do we want to know need to know from you as the uh, outdoor education coordinator for the state what is your message so I think probably the biggest thing to do is if you have somebody that you know that may want to go out hunting, invite them to go out into the woods with you. It's a really easy thing to do that can really help start that journey for some people is being that connection to the outdoors and opening that doorway for them. I love it. Brandon, we hope that you're a regular guest. Congratulations. You're working with a great staff. As always, we appreciate the great work that you do. Um, We're going to hear a lot more about R3, and we're going to hopefully share some good fall hunting stories, and that makes you happy. And you have a great website. What's the website for people to get in touch with you if they want more information? Um, The website for that, it's just the... um it's DNR. It's dnr.in.gov all right and that's the generic and that's what we like so Brandon great to visit with you appreciate your time and good luck and enjoy these fall colors wonderful you too thank you so much for your time hey my pleasure it is the Indiana Outdoor Show brought to you by Indiana Donor Network driven to save lives don't you dare think about going anywhere we're going to be back right after this Man, 
Rhino Man. Every week, it's another great show where I always learn something. And thanks to the great folks who are on our program, who are regular, maybe some for the first time, like we heard Brandon Castellano. He's on the R3 team. He is got a very important role as the outdoor education coordinator for the state, working with Cindy Stites, another regular here in Indiana Outdoors on this R3, recruit, retain, reactivate. But the message is don't forget about your fall turkeys beautiful time of the year to be out in the great Indiana outdoors. So thank him for his update. Jay Anglin got a little serious. He usually he and I just banter and I love that about him because he's always good for it. But have you ever thought about hunting with a guide, uh, fishing with a guide? He gave you some of the parameters, tips, tactics that you might want to be prepared for. Plus what you can expect or should expect from one of the best like Jay. Angie Manuel kicked things off. She is the interpretive manager for the state. What is that? Well, she's in charge of all those great men and women who, when you go to a state park or property, help you experience the park, the property in a different way through a myriad of programming and hikes and tours and questions. Just one of the great gifts that we have here in the state of Indiana that people forget but should not ever Go to a state park without experiencing the great interpretive work. It is my favorite time of the year. It's October. Oh, it's just glorious. Hopefully, you're going to find yourself in field and forest somewhere this weekend. As we always say, remember to turn in a poacher. 1-800-TIP-I-D-N-R. Take your phone. If you hear, see, suspect something, turn it over to the professionals and enjoy this beautiful Indiana outdoor fall. We will be back. Be safe, everybody. I'll see you in the great Indiana outdoors. Outdoors.